This is Annalise Corbin. Welcome to a special edition of Learning Unboxed. Uh, Learning Unboxed special edition is all about just-in-time conversations, uh, all about stuff we kind of need to know right now and we can't wait for production um, on a traditional podcast. So uh, these special editions are all about making sure we are in the now in conversations that need to happen. And today we are having one of those really exciting we-need-to-know conversations. Uh, we are are um, going to be talking about what college students want their universities to know about virtual learning as most of our college um, students are getting ready to wind up um, a spring semester that was disrupted by the global pandemic and contemplating for many universities uh, what does the summer and fall look like most of whom are considering some type of virtual or blending learning um, experience and environment and so with that in mind, my guests today are two college students who have some stuff to share that they think both uh, their, their professors and their institutions need to know. So uh, joining us today, um, we have uh, Fatima Benazar, who is a freshman at The Ohio State University studying systems engineering. So Fatima, welcome. Thank you for having me. And joining Fatima is Katie Corbin, who is a freshman at Ohio Wesleyan University, um, studying biochemistry and Spanish as a pre-med major. So welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me. So what I love about the two of them is that, uh, so we've got one, uh, Fatima representing large um, state institutions, the Ohio State University is a massive massive um, institution <laughs> of post-secondary and higher education. And sort of the converse of that, which is a really nice um, comparison, is Ohio Wesleyan University, which is a private smaller institution, um, also here in Ohio. But both of these institutions, like so many um, around the globe, um, have had to make some shifts this semester. So um, let's just roll up our sleeves and, and get right in. So Fatima, I want to start with you because everybody's going to assume assume that the smaller institutions have managed this transition um, better or easier than large institutions. That's not necessarily the case. But um, share with us just a little bit about sort of what was the prep like? It all sort of came on pretty suddenly, but just from the sense of the messaging from your institution, mm -hmm. one day you're in class and the next day you're not. And so let's talk a little bit about sort of the messaging that you received as a, as a college student. Well, so the first uh, like message we got was the second uh, day of spring break, I believe. And our president of the college sent us an email saying that we will no longer have classes uh, in person, but that was only for two weeks. So it was like a two, or two week virtual um, transition and then we'd come back. Well, that kind of changed. So now it's full <laughs> online semester. Um, but there was a lot of good communication coming from like the main offices and so we knew it was happening pretty quickly. So we knew that oh, one week we'll have an extra break and then we're going back into classes or not. And so um, there was a lot of mixed messages at some points, but in the end we kind of got a clear message um, that helped us try to navigate through the online classes. Yeah. So Katie, same for you or was it a little bit different? What, what would you have to say about the communication that you received from your institution? So um, similar to Fatima, Ohio Wesleyan and Ohio State's um, spring breaks actually overlapped because one of my friends also goes to Ohio State and is a freshman. Um, and so 
it was interesting to watch as um, Ohio State and other bigger universities kind of took the lead on shutting down and very quickly the smaller universities um, and colleges were quick to follow suit. I would say um, our university did a pretty good job at communicating as well. Um, I think it was the most difficult thing with communication was as the professors were updated on what was going to happen first with the two weeks and then we moved to three weeks within like a day and then that was quickly changed into the rest of the semester and so there was a lot of emails that you would be getting on a daily basis from professors who were like all right this is the plan and then within a couple of hours the school would change their decision and we get more emails talking about new plans so it was hard originally to keep track of all the emails of what was going to happen but that was just also a sign of them trying to be super communicative mm -hmm. so while it was overwhelming they were doing a good job of communicating what was coming next yeah i think that's that's a good thing to hear and you know there's been a lot of i've been watching right uh in anticipation of at some point we will have had enough experience with what's happened to be able to have some constructive um, feedback for all of our institutions as we sort of contemplate what does this look like uh, for all of us moving forward and so um, you know I think that's kind of been the general consensus that for the most part many places did okay at minimum and some of them really well with the communication sort of strategy um, because it was in fact changing um, rapidly on a daily basis uh, for many. So I also, before we sort of get into the things that you would recommend your institutions do differently, let's, let's talk first about maybe one or two things that you think your institutions each have done very well as it relates to the swap to virtual learning or instruction. So Fatima, you're, you're up next. So one or two things that you think that uh, the Ohio State University did really well and that you would like institution to know they did those well? Um, one thing I would like to applaud OSU for is their, um, they have a lot of resources for kids that are either struggling or need uh, help, like support of any kind. Um, they actually started sending out uh, a grant proposal. So if people are struggling financially, they can uh, apply for a grant to get some money. Or they're also having like yoga sessions um, mm -hmm. through Zoom. And so just trying to like keep up the moral morals, uh, make it leave everyone happy side kind of. I actually uh, received a call the other day from the student life and body saying, how's everything going? And like just checking in on me. And that kind of made me feel a little better, even though like I'm doing fine right now, you know, with family and all. But for some kids, they're all alone. And so mm -hmm. I'd like to applaud us you for that, trying to keep the morals up and keeping everyone like happy during a time of uncertainty really. So do you think that the university is calling every student? Because that's, I mean, that's an epic lift if you think about how many students are at Ohio State. And I'm, I'm kind of blown away by the fact that they called you at all. I, I actually think that's a really cool thing that they've done. But wow, you think all the students are getting that call? I mean, there yeah, 60,000 students at OSU. And to On say campus, maybe that all the freshmen got calls maybe, maybe. but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Katie, what about you? What, what do you think that Ohio Wesleyan has done really well? I was actually going to say the same thing. Um, it's been really cool. Uh, one thing that the university does on a daily basis is send out the OWU daily, which is an email with things that are going on at the university, um, 
projects that are coming up, grants that you can apply for, awards that you can apply for, and stuff like that, and just different activities that are going on at the university. And I was, like, I kind of look forward to those emails. It's kind of a good, like, pick-me-up, like, things are still going well at Ohio Wesleyan University. And so I was wondering if they're going to keep doing those, and they still have, and it's been kind of a cool way to stay in touch with the university and knowing that things are still going on even though we're not at school. And in those emails, they send out lots of resources to get help, whether it's with schoolwork and trying to figure out online stuff, as well as um, technical support or emotional um, support as well. So I was going to say that they've done a really good job of making sure that we as students are thriving still, even though we're not at school. Which is a heavy lift all the way around. So, all yeah. right. So let's 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 get into the the nuts and bolts about the things that because really that my purpose here is not to say hey universities haven't done this well, but really to say hey universities this isn't going away, and we've got students all around the country and around the world who are experiencing virtual learning and post secondary unexpectedly. Um, it's very different if you're an online university, but the universities that we're talking about are not traditional online um, institutions. They're brick and mortar. Um, they are all about, in part, both the experience and the academics when you go there to, to that institution to be a student. And as these universities and colleges, um, large and small, are, are looking at this for the summer, certainly in many cases, um, but also the fall is looking pretty likely in some locations of, to some extent, and it means something um, very different at the different institutions. But, um, you know, it, it would be useful for them to be able to hear from you about the things they could in fact uh, do better, oftentimes with some pretty small tweaks. So I wanna sort of dig in with that a little bit. And I don't wanna hammer too hard, but, um, uh, Fatima, let's let's talk a little bit about um, two or three things um, that you think that Ohio State um, or some experiences, just just some funny stories, because, you know, you and I've had many conversations. Uh, for those of you listening, Fatima is involved with Learning Unbox. She helps facilitate um, a lot of the, the work that we do. She also happens to be uh, a university student. So, uh, you know, she was ripe for the picking uh, for today's conversation, but it hasn't been smooth sailing. No, not no, not necessarily. <laughs> so, 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 give us some some examples of some things that you you would suggest be done a little bit differently. So, I'm currently I'm taking five classes, um, and some of them have done like pretty well with the communication and all that. But the few have just kind of dropped the ball here and there. Um, like I'm taking a linear algebra class, um, and. <laughs> So we, we provided like pre-lecture notes and so that's mm -hmm. nice and all and then we there's no zoom session it's a chat box we all meet in a chat box and he wait a minute wait time out time out your prof <laughs> is teaching linear algebra through a chat box a chat box sounds disastrous <laughs> is that possible does that work no <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well let, let's 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 step back and dig in a little bit. Do we do we know why your professor would choose to teach linear algebra via chat box? Well, what's your guess? So I'm not I'm not entirely sure. He seems like technic technologically like capable. Um, so I don't think that's the issue. And uh, like OSU is providing a lot of resources for all of us to have access to like Carmen Zoom and all that. And so I'm not entirely sure why he chose that path. 
it, it's it's similar to like a friend giving you notes and then you just reading them out loud well not even out loud because there's no you're you just reading them and it's just not the best but I guess he's trying right so I can't say but 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 note note to institution might be teaching via chat is not really the most conducive to fully productive and engaged learning yes <laughs> okay, that was my that was my paraphrase. Um, Katie, um, what would you like to share? Well, um, I think that for me, it's just it's interesting because different universities use different like places where they put their classes and grades and stuff. So some people use Canvas, some people use Blackboard. Um, my school uses Blackboard, and a lot of some of my teachers have done really well with communicating and teaching and um, a lot of them have decided to keep the asynchronized class schedule and so we'll meet at the same time on like Blackboard Collaborate which is nice. Um, Blackboard is pretty good as far as like learning and stuff goes but um, I've been trying to learn chemistry over a PowerPoint with an audio that my professor puts in and that's a time. He's doing the best that he can um, but it's a time trying to teach yourself chemistry is just hard in general. Um, so I would say that having the in asynchronous classes are super helpful to kind of help build a schedule in a time when there's not really that much of a schedule. And I would also say that um, having face-to-face -face interaction where the professor is right there. They're still having office hours online. It's super helpful so that you can go and ask questions in person as much as you can <laughs> over the phone or over a, over the computer. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. It's just, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting because, um, you know, there's, there's this fascinating sort of push and pull around synchronous versus asynchronous, right? Um, you know, on the one hand, there's great value in letting both the faculty and the students in a virtual sort of world figure out the time that makes the most sense for them to be able to learn, especially when you're talking about real high density locations like urban centers where everybody and their uncle is trying to use the internet at the same time and bandwidth is truly an issue um, mm -hmm. you know and so Fatima is um, you know in Columbus you know in our urban area whereas Katie right now is in Finley Ohio which is more rural community um, both of them back home obviously um, from college as the dorms and whatnot you booted all their students out around the country um, but two different environments. Uh, Fatima, are most of your classes synchronous or are they asynchronous right now? So most of them are pre-recorded and then you meet in, uh, in class, like during the class session for mm -hmm. like a Q&A. Uh, so that's okay. how a lot of my classes have been handling it. And it's been working fairly well because you come in with the knowledge and the questions that you have and you go ahead and ask them during the Q&A session. So I guess it's both. 
So, but most of you, I'm going to come back to you, Fatima, because mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to leave poor Ohio State University with everybody thinking that they're only teaching through a chat box. So <laughs> it's just your one class that's being taught like yeah, that. Are, are your others being taught through uh, Carmen, which is essentially OSU's own version of Blackboard, right? Or mm -hmm. are they utilized, or, or is it kind of the wild, wild west? And I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to get into, right? In the sense that, um, you know, a lot of these institutions, to Katie's point, they have been providing their faculty and their students with these resources and there's a platform that you can use but I don't get the sense from just watching my um, university colleagues um, from around the world that everybody has to use the same thing and so it's a bit like it's just what that individual professor chooses to use and how they're putting it out there for you. Fatima is that what you're seeing in your other classes? You said you have five classes how are the other ones doing it? So most of the other ones are doing it through Zoom and it's only that one class that's doing it through a chat box. And I think OSU is trying to standardize that Zoom, mm -hmm. but it really is up to the professors whether or not they want to have a class. Um, I have some friends who are in uh, other math classes mm -hmm. and they don't meet at all. They're just provided with lecture notes and that's it. So it's kind of, for them, they're just thrown in the water. It's like best of luck approach. Yeah, right, like good luck. But a lot of the other <laughs> classes are doing great. Like I'm in a programming class and we have mm -hmm. the pre-record lecture, the actual lecture, and he holds one-on-one -on -one office hours. And so he kind okay. of covered all his bases. And that's like one of my favorite classes right now, just because it feels like it's, it feels like I'm in person again. So it feels more normal than the rest of them. Hmm, that's interesting. Katie, how, how are you managing the lab portion of your sciences? How, 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 explain to me how you're managing to accomplish the lab components of chemistry, for example. Because I know for fact, again, you know, just listening to the chatter from all of my um, post-secondary colleagues from around the world, one of the huge things that they're all struggling with is how do we deal with our lab sciences or our, mm -hmm. our hands-on, our engineering programs that require build? How, how we some of this is really difficult in the virtual environment and not necessarily this early on that we all have it figured out, but I'm curious what your experience with this piece of it has been or what the university's approach is. Yeah, so that's a really good question and something that all of us science majors obviously were all chattering about because um, lab is a big part of our grade and it's it accounts for part of our credit. And so we were like, how is this going to affect our grades because it's definitely a grade boost um, and how is like we need that to learn that's where we get to apply ourselves and actually like really learn the information well um, so what my university did is um, the heads of the or actually all of the professors and the chemistry department got together and said all right these are the things that they need to learn um, what labs can go with these and how can we do them and they basically decided that we would only be able to do pre-labs and mm -hmm. occasionally maybe a post-lab and if we had to do a post-lab they sent us data from previous years and then we would look at it and kind of try to come up with some detail about it um there was only one lab that we had to do that for and it wasn't too bad um because it was directly correlated to the pre-lab, which is how the labs are generally set up mm -hmm, at my school mm -hmm. anyways. They're pretty pretty straightforward if you're understanding the material. Um, I know for 
other classes, they like the biology department has been sending videos of the professors doing the experiments or showing how you would set it up and kind of trying to let them feel like they're in lab, but they're not actually. Um, and then the other thing that they've been doing also is um, we have, it's called the Chem Corral, and it's kind of where all of the um, science majors go when they're turning in their labs and ask questions and stuff like that. And so my um, lab professor has still been having Chem Corrals on Tuesdays so that we can mm -hmm. come and ask questions about the labs that we're doing because um, it's kind of like you're not in the lab, so you're not entirely sure what's going on not that we're always entirely sure what's going on in the lab when we're there so like <laughs> even more clueless at home so um that's been super helpful too is just to be able to get some feedback from my lab professor on what the lab is actually about and how it's applying to what we're learning in lecture virtually as well okay well yeah everybody's going to approach that a little bit differently and i think that one's going to be one that's a work in progress so uh very quickly as we wrap up uh lightning round so one thing that you want your university to think about before they launch back into this um in the fall fatima what would be the most helpful thing um for you as a student in a mm -hmm. virtual uh blended or otherwise environment I'm going to do two. Uh, so of course one, you are, one, Fatima. One big one is communication. The start, uh, I've got, e I got emails like every other day. And then two weeks later, the emails just stopped coming. It was like once a week from teachers. And so you started losing what was happening and you could go figure it out on your own. So that was one. Second is uh, kind of coming up with something standard across all classrooms if they can. So if mm -hmm. all classes had pre-recorded lectures and then a Zoom session or just a Zoom session, it would just kind of keep the normalcy across all the classes mm -hmm. rather than you losing yourself and your routine really yeah yeah that's a big one the loss of routine i think for folks has been very tangible katie what, what's your your one suggestion um i would say that um what fatima says is really good and i echo that but also keeping in mind that at home, we morph from just students to members of our families mm -hmm. and um, the communities that we're living in. And so kind of remembering that uh, at college, we have a little bit more freedom. We're on our own. We're only caring about ourselves. But then we come home and we're part of a bigger family unit and we have other responsibilities. <laughs> so keeping in mind that um, at home, we are trying to also be good family members and um, doing chores and stuff like that. So just being aware of that and also um, being aware of us not all having the same technology. We don't all have the newest Mac OS or mm -hmm. the newest iPhone or the newest PC computer. Um, and so sometimes technology is slow. Be patient with us and, and recognize that we're not all in the same technology boat. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great piece of advice, um, actually, from both of you. So, thank you, ladies, very much for for sharing with all of us. Uh, we appreciate it, and I hope that uh, folks that are listening will take your recommendations to heart. So, and best of luck with the rest of the semester. Thank you. Thank you.